بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله وسلم وبارك على خاتم النبيين على آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين الحمد لله لا نحصي ثناء على الله الحمد لله the only one تبارك وتعالى who deserves all the kinds of thanks he سبحانه وتعالى have given us every grace we have وما بكم من نعمة فمن الله so whatever thanks we are doing to Allah سبحانه وتعالى still we are not doing much really but we are supposed to do so still tonight brothers in Kitab al-Tawheed we're talking about the third chapter which is talking about the purification of Tawheed or the confirmation of Tawheed. In Arabic words which is mentioned or the, the headline of this chapter was Man Haqqaq Tawheed. Tahqiq Tawheed to purify or to confirm Tawheed by worshipping Allah only wa ta'ala. Not only knowing, not only believing, but also Submission. So three cases for everyone in order to be purifying his Tawheed is to know, to believe, and to submit. Same thing when we said about Iman, its creed, statements, and actions. So all of these three, by the heart, by the tongue, by the actions, by the body, all of these things must be done in the case of Tawheed also. So when we know that Allah is the only one deserved to be worshipped and no one else to be worshipped, when we know this, when we believe in it, when we practice it in our life, then we are purifying our Tawheed, we are confirming our Tawheed. This is what is going to be the major case for the what, is, what results are coming later on, we'll talk about this in the, in the ayah, two ayahs and the hadith we have tonight. This chapter having three evidences, two from Quran and one from Sunnah. The first evidence, which is mentioned by Brother Sheikh Intiaz, Jazakallah Khair, in the introduction of this dars, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, إن إبراهيم كان أمة قانتا لله حنيفا ولم يكن من المشركين أمة in Arabic means an ideal person ideal in his monotheism ideal in his worshipping to Allah سبحانه وتعالى only ideal in facing everybody including his father to satisfy Allah سبحانه وتعالى he faced his father he faced his people he faced his leader or the ruler of that time only because he knew he believed and he submitted to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with Tawheed monotheism Muhammad was ordered to follow his system or way 
ثم أوحينا إليك أن اتبع ملة إبراهيم حنيفا. So Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, although he is the best messenger of all the messengers of Allah, still he was ordered by Allah subhanahu wa taala in more than one ayah to follow the way of Ibrahim alayhi salam in the case of monotheism or tawhid. ثم أوحينا إليك أن اتبع أن اتبع ملة إبراهيم. ملة إبراهيم is monotheism. To hate every enemy of Allah and to love every wali, beloved person to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To hate the enemies of Allah because it's clear to us that if someone is the enemy of Allah, he's a, a kafir, Hindu or Christian or Jew or any other kind of religion, or even if he is a bad Muslim. We have to have some hate for the bad Muslims also. That's the deed of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But for the Kafirs, it's clear. Totally hateless. We hate them. There's no doubt about that because Allah hates them. And we cannot love the enemies of Allah. But on the other side, we love the Mu'mins. And the best of them is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the messengers. So we love them because they are the, the wali of Allah. Allah waliyu alladheena amanu. Who are they? So those mu'mins, they deserve the love, the true love in the heart. Not because they are from my country or from my family or from my, from my language or this or that, no. But because they are good Muslims. So they deserve to be loved. They deserve to be loved. This ayah is showing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is describing Ibrahim alayhi salam that he is the best monotheist, the best monotheist who ever been in this earth before Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa He was Hanif. Hanif is the one who is curving far away from shirk. Hanif is not straight, no, he is curving. Al-Hanaf in the Arabic language is the person who is curving. Al-Hanaf in the legs, are the legs are not straight. So Ibrahim alayhi salam was Hanifan, he means he is moving, curving far away from politics. Hanifan, walam yakum min al-mushrikeen. Why in holy book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, al-Quran, why in the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we see a lot of warnings of politics. More than we ever think, even from kufr itself, although shirk is part of kufr, not vice versa, not vice versa. Because actually shirk is the greatest sin that ever human being could do. It's the worst sin that ever human being could do. How can a person really associate someone with Allah? If Allah is the only one who gave us all the graces, how come we are giving, we are associating someone with him, tabarakah wa ta'ala? So Ibrahim in this case, he was so strict in the case of monotheism. In the case of polytheism, he refused it totally. Until the point that he was the enemy of his father, his own father, Azar. In the beginning, he was trying with him his best to bring him to Tawheed, to monotheism. His father was a stacious maker. He used to make stacious. He tried to help him out 
and he talked to him fantastically and that's the case yani when you see when you hear the, the, the words of Ibrahim alayhi salam as mentioned in the Holy Quran Ya Abati Oh my father Ya Abati Ya Abati Ya Abati Always with nice words he's trying to bring Ibrahim alayhi salam to monotheism and take him away from polytheism. Now that really takes us again to the case of hateness. Does that mean Ibrahim did not hate his father in the beginning? No. He hated his father actually. But we have to differentiate between the case of hateness and the case of treatment. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us about the parents and the ayah which is very known and clear. وَإِنْ جَاهَدَاكَ لِتُشْرِكَ بِي مَا لَيْسَ لَكَ بِهِ عِلْمٌ فَلَا تُطِعْهُمَا وَصَاحِبْهُمَا فِي الدُّنْيَا مَعْرُوفًا And if your two parents did all their best to bring you back to polytheism, don't obey them. Don't obey them, but at the same time treat them good and fantastic in their dunya. How is that? Why there is differences between the case of love and hate and the case of treatment? Because this is the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When you study the life story of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the seerat of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you will find that he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to hate people, but in the same time, he was talking to them nicely, trying to bring them to Islam. He hates them because Allah does not like them, because Allah hates them. So he hates them. As Allah told us in the last ayah of Surah Al-Mujadila, لا تجد قوم يؤمنون بالله واليوم الآخر يوادون من حاد الله ورسوله. No way. It cannot be that a person who believes in Allah تبارك وتعالى and the judgment day and he will love the enemies of Allah. Even if they are their parents, their children, their brothers, their tribe and so on. Since they are the enemies of Allah, they must be the enemies of mu'mineen also. They should be given the hateness. But that does not mean again to treat them badly. Because treatment and hateness is not the same. Treatment and love is not the same. Hopefully, inshallah, we'll have another verse in this book talking about the case of Wala and Bara, and we'll give more details on that, inshallah ta'ala. The second ayah, which is mentioned in this chapter, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ بِرَبِّهِمْ لَا يُشْرِكُونَ He is describing the mu'mins that they are the best and one of their good and fantastic qualities is that they do not worship or associate someone with Allah. وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ بِرَبِّهِمْ لَا يُشْرِكُونَ And shirk as we remember, and we'll talk about that inshallah in this book sometimes again, is to associate someone with Allah, whether in the side of Rububiyyah Lordship, or in the side of Uluhiyyah Worship, or in the side of names and qualities Asma' wa Sifat. So you can see some people who say that they are Muslims while they are saying that Ali ibn Abi Talib and his 11 descending sons they know the ghaib, the unseen world. These are Shia. While Allah clearly in his holy book, Tabaraka wa ta'ala said, قُلْ 
يا محمد قل لا يعلم من في السماوات والارض الغيب الا الله يعني الله is the only one تبارك وتعالى who knows the غيب the unseen world whether in the past or in the, in the in, in now or in the future nobody knows the غيب except الله and الله may سبحانه وتعالى give some people knowledge of الغيب like what, well, like what happened to Muhammad sometimes as an example of that story when he was in one of the battles after he came back from the battle with his sahaba they relaxed in one of the valleys in the way back to Medina so they lit their camels to go and eat grass all around and before al-maghrib all the camels came back except the camel of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa so sahaba came to Rasulullah and said, Ya Rasulullah, where is your camel? I said, I don't know. I don't know the ghaib. How do I know? Look for him. Or look for it. So some hypocrites, munafiqeen on that army of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they said, see, he says he's a prophet and he doesn't know where his camel. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Jibreel alayhi salam to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to tell him where is his camel exactly. So Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said again that Jibreel came to him and told him his camel is in such and such place held by his robe into one tree he couldn't lift up and he said I didn't know but Jibreel told me I didn't know the right yes it is too bad to exaggerate in Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and over praise him against his own word Salawat Rabbi wa Salamu Alayhi as in the hadith in the Bukhari when he said Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam La tutruni don't you overpraise me as Christians overpraise Isa ibn Maryam. And some people say, no, we will praise him. Yeah, and he's telling us, don't, and we say, no, we will. Is this part of Muhammad, is of Muhammad Astaghfirullah. No way. He's telling us not to overpraise him, and some Muslims, they say, no, we will overpraise him. We will disobey him. We will still over. No, subhanallah al Overpraising is not the case. The case is to love Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to obey him, to follow him, but not to overpraise him, not to, not to exaggerate on him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as some people do. Polarism could be also in worship, uluhiyya, by giving some of the rights of Allah to someone else, like calling someone instead of Allah, like this, those people who are calling these Twice persons who are dead for healing, curing, for risk, for help, for this or for that. That is really politism. Also, those people who think that someone else other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Rasulullah deserve to follow in the case of laws, like what happening in the parliament when they give the right to the people and for the parliament, the members of the parliament, to make halal things haram and haram things halal. So if the members of the parliament, if they are 151 of them, they, will, they would ask to make alcohol is halal. So it is halal. 60% of the parliament members, they will say, make the zina is allowed in certain conditions. And they make it halal. Whoever accepts that and follow it, he is a politician also. Because he gave the rights of Allah 
تسمن اس الله تعالى سبحانه وتعالى زين زين وقت ان الحكم الا لله judgment is only for Allah سبحانه وتعالى even the judge or the ruler cannot judge by his own mind but only by the sharia of Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم that's why when Allah سبحانه وتعالى ordered us to follow and to, to obey to obey him first of place to obey Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم to obey our rulers and scholars وأطيعوا الله وأطيعوا الرسول وأولي الأمر منكم when he said أطيعوا الله he said أطيعوا أطيعوا نعرفك يعني you have to obey obey him independently أطيعوا الرسول independently but he doesn't say وأطيعوا أولي الأمر منكم no he doesn't say وأطيعوا he say وأولي الأمر منكم it means you obey them only if they are following Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم they are obeying Allah سبحانه وتعالى if they order you to do disobey Allah then do not obey them if the parliament or the government of a country of a town of the ruler of a country or a town if, it, if, the, if the general manager of a company orders the staff with a rule or orders that disobey this or contradict with Islam nobody will accept that a Muslim, true Muslim will not accept it. He is not supposed to accept it. In fact, he is supposed to refuse it. Just an example. If a general manager of a company make a rule that duty time will be from 7.30 to 3.30 continuously non-stop, even for Salah. This is a contradicting with Islam. Contradicting with the Quran and Sunnah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells in his holy book, إن الصلاة كانت على المؤمنين كتابا موقوتا موقوتا means in certain times and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Jibreel to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam twice to tell him how to pray and when to pray so this general manager has no right to contradict with the Quran and Sunnah just because he wants to earn more money but if this general manager also make a rule to tell us that your duty times so from 7.30 to 3.30 and no one is allowed to leave unless for Salah of course as usual we have to obey because he has a right on this He's, he has a right if the scholar tells us that this is haram do not use it do not do it and he give us clear fatwa with evidences then we have to obey and the people who do not obey him they are sinful upon this ayah so in this case we come to the point that polytheism could be in lordship rububiyya in worship uluhiyya in names and qualities by changing the meanings of the names of Allah or twisting them or deleting them or saying that Allah has no names or no qualities as some people say and so on this is what we can say about this ayah the Last evidence of this chapter, as we said before, this book, and one of the best things about this book is that he is giving us ayahs, hadith. That's it. And from these ayahs and hadith, you can understand as a Muslim what is required from you to do. You are not following such and such person, whether the author or the, the uh, author of the book or anybody else. You are following what Allah wa Taala said, what Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam said. And one day, if you have, one day you have an evidence contradicting with these evidences, bring it and discuss it. 
This is a work of a human being. He's bringing you the ayah and the hadith. Maybe there's some other ayah which is stronger than this. Then you can take the stronger one. As far as you are capable of studying both. If not, you are following this color because he's giving you the evidence. He's not telling you doing this, do this, don't do this. Halas. He's a scholar, we have to obey him, but if we are capable of studying the dalil or evidence, then we have to study the evidence. And the best way in our life, in our deen, is to follow Quran and Sunnah. What Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, what Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa said. Because we know these are the two resources that they, know, they make no mistake. Quran is ma'asum. No mistakes in there, no way. And Sunnah also ma'asum. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa is ma'asum. They will not make any mistake. In this case, what about the scholars? They make mistakes. Even the major scholars, like Abu Hanifa, wa Shafi'i, wa Ahmad ibn Hanbal, wa Malik, major four imams of this ummah, they are human beings. They make mistakes. We do not, when we say they are making mistakes, we are يعني, underestimating them? No. Not at all. We love them. We believe they have done the best. Of them, mashallah, and they have done a fantastic school of thought and fiqh and other cases, but that does not mean we say we put their words before the words of Muhammad وسلم, or even the words of Allah. The third evidence, which is the hadith of Hussein ibn Abdurrahman. In the English, we have a problem here. In English, they say Hussein because you cannot say Hussein, and these are two different names. How do you write Hussein? As mentioned in your book, right? H U S S A A I N, right? Hussein. So how do you do or write also Hussein? The same way. So how can you differentiate by the pronunciation? Hussein is not Hussein. He's Hussein ibn Abdurrahman. Hussein is one of the Sahaba. No, he's one of the Tabi'id. And he was with Sa'id ibn Jubayr. And the story is mentioned longly on the book you have that he يعني, uh, was got by a scorpion. So he asked him, what did you do? So he said, I made ruqya. And you know ruqya. To recite Quran and, and, and hadith with spitting on the place you, you are hurting, that's the best يعني, uh, medicine you can do. That doesn't mean you don't, you don't have to go to the hospital. No, you should go to the hospital also. But this is the first thing you do in your life. But the evidence of this hadith is that he said about the 70 people, 70,000 people who go to Jannah without accounting. Directly from their graves to the Hashr, directly to Jannah. No accounting for them. La ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah. 70,000 of this Ummah, Ummah Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, will go to Jannah without having to go through the accounting in the judgment day. So, who are they? When Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says this hadith, Sahaba were so amazed and they wanted to know. So Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us that there are the people who do not use any other medicine except depending on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala depending tawakkul depending tawakkul in here 
is one of the greatest heart worshippings. Those people who attended with us the uh, self-purification dars about a year ago, they will remember this. We talked about tawakkul, depending on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and it is one of the greatest heart worshippings. Worshipping is not only by the body, not only by the tongue, but also by the heart. The heart is also worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Niyya, intention is, is worshipping, but by heart. Also, repentance starts with the heart. Dependence on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts with the heart also. So in this case, those people who have full dependence on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they do not have to go through the accounting in the judgment day. They go directly to Jannah. Dependence. When you read the holy book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always praising those people who have full dependence on Him. And one of the best examples, one of the best examples that mentioned in the holy book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the example of Hud alayhi salam, one of the messengers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That he faced all of his people alone. When they said, we will hurt you, we will do this to you. He faced them and he said very fantastic and strong words against them. But after he defended on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by words and by heart. قَالُوا يَهُودُ مَا نَحْنُ بِتَارِكِ آلِهَتِنَا عَنْ قَوْلِكِ وَمَا نَحْنُ لَكَ بِمُؤْمِنِينَ إِنَّ نَقُولُ إِلَّا اعْتَرَاكَ بَعْضُ آلِهَتِنَا بِسُوءٍ قال إني see what he says now. قال إني أشهد الله وأشهد أني بريء مما تشركون من دونه فكيدوني جميعا ثم لا تنظرون إني توكلت على الله ربي وربكم إني توكلت على الله ربي وربكم ما من دابة إلا هو آخذ بناصيتها الله أكبر الله أكبر. He thinks that I don't care about you. I, I depend totally on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so we try whatever you want to do, try it, you can't, and they couldn't. Because if Allah is with you, why do you care about the others? Who is against you? A mu'min when he is with Allah, and Allah is with him, who is against him? No one can stop him. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was alone, and he faced all his people, salawatu rabbi wa salamu alayhi. And he won in the end. Yes, he faced a lot of troubles. He was called bad names. He was hit with rocks. And he was, he, they put dirt on his back and so on. Yes. But he was depending on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. True dependence. In our life now, if we have a problem, directly we think, okay, who will help us in this problem? This guy in such and such place, or this guy in this ministry, or this guy in traffic, the police, or... Yani, Quickly, our uh, computer in, in the head will work to find out who is going to help us. We are supposed actually directly to say, Ya Allah. Ya Allah. Because Allah is the only one who will direct, who will make people come to help us. Go to him. Talk to him, Ta'ala. Ask him. And he will bring you people to help you out. You don't worry about that. Don't depend on your strength. You're smart. No, depend on him, tabarak wa ta'ala. Ask him. Then you do what you can do. So, 
This case, Hadith of Hussain ibn Abdurrahman, mentioned that Ibn Abbas said that Muhammad said that he saw the nations. It's like a dream. When you read the hadith, you'll find out that he's talking like, like he saw a dream. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He saw the nations. He saw a prophet who have few followers. He saw a prophet who have one or two men, only followers. He saw a prophet with nobody, no followers. That he's dreaming like he's seeing the judgment day. Then he saw lots of people. So he thought this is his nation, وسلم, his ummah. But he was told this is Musa, Musa's nation. Then he saw another bigger and more people and they said this is your ummah. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, that this ummah will be more than two-thirds of the people of Jannah. He sallallahu alayhi wa told us that. We are the last nation they are, but we are going to be the first nation in Jannah, inshallah. As he sallallahu told us. طيب. Then he said, he was told, this is Ya Muhammad, your Ummah, and the, with them 70,000 people will go to Jannah without accounting. بدون حساب ولا عقاب. Directly to Jannah. So Sahaba wanted to know who are they? As we said in the beginning, and Muhammad sallallahu told them in the end of the hadith that they are, the people are not making ruqya. They are not asking for ruqya. Not making, no, sorry. There's a big difference in here. Be careful. To make ruqya is ibadah. To ask for ruqya, this is decreasing the dependence of Allah, no Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You get the difference now? You make ruqya by your own self, by yourself, no problem. This will not affect your dependence on Allah. But to ask ruqya from the others, this will affect your dependence on Allah. It's not haram, of course, no. But it is not going to be as high as the ibadah where you make ruqya by yourself. In Arabic, there's a big difference between yarqoon wa yastarqoon. Yarqi for one, yastarqi. Because seen here means he, means he is asking for. Yarqi means he is doing. So that's a really small point, but it gives a lot of difference. So if you make ruqya for yourself or the others, no problem. But to ask ruqya from the others, this will affect the dependence on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also they don't use the fire for medicine and they do not Yani, uh, make taqayyur, which is, which means that if he sees something, he changes his mind because of it, he's afraid this will happen. Some people, when he wake up in the morning and he go to work, if he see a blind guy, he has to say, no, this day is not going to be okay, let's go home. If he sees a person with, uh, uh, you know, he's not good walking or he's handicapped, he will go back home, he will not work. That's taqayyur. The Arabs, in the time of Muhammad Sallam, they used to the kafirin, of course, the mushrikeen, they use, if they want to go to, uh, to travel or do something, what they do, they bring a, 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 
some kind of uh, bird and they push it. If it goes to the right side, they go, they travel. If it goes to the left side, they, stop. they don't travel. They say this is bad, uh, they leave, they change their minds. That's called tatayyur, because this is not affected. What does it have that the bird, if it goes right or left, what does it have to do with your traveling? Nothing. What does, have, what does the blind man you meet in your way to work will do to you? Nothing. What, if you see a handicapped, what is that? And subhanallah, some people, shaitan plays with them in these cases. وَعَلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ The last two words of the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu that they are really dependent on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They depend totally on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How we depend on Allah? By remembering that He is the one who created us. And we are trying our best to worship Him. Although we don't worship Him correctly or totally as He wants us to do. But we do our best to worship Him. Then we depend on only one tabaraka wa ta'ala who can really help us. If you have wasta. You know wasta? Wasta means that you have a, a strong guy and somewhere he can do a lot of things to you. Instead of you, you go in the queue, he brings you inside and he makes your paper to cook them. That's called wasta. You will hear this a lot in Riyadh, you know, in Saudi Arabia. Wasta, you know. If you have a headshot in some ministry or in the company, if you are, uh, if your cousin, he knows the general manager of the company, then he can make wasta for you, so you can have a lot of things better than the others. People think you are uh, a lucky guy. But if we say that you have a fantastic connection with the creator and sustainer of everything, subhanahu wa ta'ala, then what kind of wasta are you having? Subhanallah al-Azim. So if you depend on Allah, he will take care of you. While you are depending on Allah, this is worshipping. Dependence on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a worshipping. A fantastic worshipping, a needed worshipping. Plus, it is really going to give you the best of everything that you ever think of when you need help. The last part of the hadith, because of Sahaba, they were the best people. And they are always thinking of good things, of the judgment day. They don't care about dunya. They didn't care about what we are caring about a lot now. Ukash ibn Muhsin, one of the Sahaba, he stood up and said, Ya Rasulullah, pray to Allah to make me one of these 70,000. So Muhammad said, you are one of them. Allah told him that Ukash ibn Muhsin is one of these 70,000 people. Another man who stood up and said, Ya Rasulullah, call Allah for me, make dua for me, I will be one of them. So Muhammad said, he doesn't want to open the door. Maybe this, the second person, the second Sahabi who asked for this, deserves it. But Muhammad wanted to close the door, otherwise everybody will say. So he said, Sabaqa kabiha ukkasha. Ukkasha started before you, Khalas, close. Now, Muhammad is dead. And we cannot ask him to call Allah for us to make us one of these 70,000. But he told us how to do it. To depend on him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Totally dependence, total dependence on him subhanahu wa ta'ala will lead us. Because 70,000 will not be from Sahaba only. They will be some people from the end of this ummah because this ummah is really having a lot of good people from the time of Sahaba until the last man lives in this earth. But it depends on how good he is with Allah. How good we are with Allah, that means that Allah will be good with us. He will be better than the rest. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the hadith Qudsi that if you come to him walking, he will come to you running. If you do one good deed, he will make it ten for you. 
You cannot find this investment anywhere in the back of this world. You are doing one good deed only, and Allah SWT will make it sin for you to 700 times. You make one sin, He will count it one sin. Where can you find this? You cannot find it anywhere in this world. The worst riba cannot do this. But Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala is the most generous. Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. So this chapter is telling us that the mu'min should really purify his tawheed, his monotheism. Make it so clear and he should be so careful when it comes to the case of tawheed, monotheism. Don't let anyone fool you by saying, let's go and visit this Khalandar Baba, this pious person. Let's go to him. He has a lot of barakah. If you touch his grave, you will have barakah. If you have a sick son, or you, have, you cannot have children, or you are having troubles, or this or that, let's go to such and such grave. And he brings you this ayah, Why don't you respect? This is wali of Allah. Why don't you respect this wali of Allah? Respecting is something and worshipping is something else. Don't you agree? Respecting is something and worshipping is something else. We know that the only one who can cure us, give us risk, give us children, is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nobody else. And these people, if they are pious, they, they, this pious is for them, not for us. Their high rank with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is for them, not for us. Plus they are dead, we cannot ask them. إِنَّكَ لَا تُسْمِعُ الْمَوْتَ إِنَّكَ لَا تُسْمِعُ الْمَوْتَ You cannot make these dead people hear you. Do you think this dead person will hear you? Some people say, yes, they hear us and they talk to us. Poor guy. Poor guy if he thinks that the dead person talk to him. Talk to him. It is shaitan who talks to him. Yes. Shaitan sometimes play games with these people when they come to the grave and ask him. Shaitan will talk to him from inside the grave. A devil jinn. And we'll tell him, okay, my son, what you requested is coming to you, inshallah. I will help you out. So people are, oh, she see, he talked to him, and he gave him what he wanted. And stories comes and stories, until people really exaggerate on this person, until they worship him instead of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Didn't Muhammad warn us? He did, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he gave us the, the example of the people of Nuh, before Nuh. When these five, five persons died. وَدًّا وَسِوَاعًا وَيَغُوثًا وَيَعُوقًا وَنَسْرًا When they died in very close time together, the people of Nuh, before Nuh, were so sad because these people were fantastic and pious persons, very good worshippers. So Shaitan came to them and said, why don't you draw pictures for them so you will remember their worshipping. Ah, so they did. Next generation, generation after, they made statues for them. Generations after generations, they start to worship them instead of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So shaitan tricked these people. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us, خُطُوَاتِ الشَّيْطَانِ Tips of shaitan. Shaitan has tips. He doesn't jump one time. He drags people piece by piece until he gets them into the polytheism, which is the worst shirk, worst sin that a human being could do. That's as far as we can tonight to talk. If you have any question about this topic, I'll be happy to hear from you. جزاكم الله خير. السلام عليكم. السلام.
You mean the, the Christians? The, seeing the Christians, you mean? Well, uh, no. Okay. A person has to fast for 10. Right? Okay. And on that same day, if he takes fast, ah. with a special intention, that this is a special day, ah. so, you know, there, there are some benefits of this. Mm. And if he applies cohort... Uh, wait, wait a second, take two, one by one now. If he applies a fast on that day because it's a special day, yeah, the, where, where is the evidence? Yes, and if he spends money... Did Muhammad Hassan say so? Wait, wait a second, we're trying to take it piece by piece, huh? And he's saying that he received an email saying that if you make a special path on that day for a special day of Tasu'a and Ashura and so on, huh, you will be benefited and you will, Allah Ta'ala will reward you. Who said so? Allah? Can you find this in the Quran? No. Can you find this in the Hadith of Muhammad Sallallahu No. Can you find this in what has been done by Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali, and the others? No. Do not Problem we have problems. And the problem that the people of novelties, the Mubtadi'a, Ahlul Bid'a, they always try to destroy the deen of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because they are led by shaitan. Regarding Ashura, you know the story of Ashura in the beginning that Musa alayhi salam was and his people were saved in that day by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from Fir'aun and his people. When Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam came to Medina, he saw the Jew fasting that day, the 10th of Muharram. Okay? So he said, we are closer to Musa than you, we will fast this. So he fasted the 10th of Muharram. Then he later on said, if I look to the next year, I will fast one day before or one day after. Other hadith says, one day before and one day after. So they become two or three days. Right. Now the scholars say if you fast one day only, the tenth, which is Thursday this year, day after next day, it's fine. If you fast Wednesday with Thursday or Thursday with Friday, that's even better. If you fast the three days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, ninth, tenth, eleventh of Muharram, it's the best. But to make special paths, special sadaqah, special this, special that. Any worshipping we are told to do, even if it's only for Allah, we have to the other condition, which is to be the way of Rasulullah. So any worshipping to be accepted, has to have two conditions. Only for Allah, only the way of Rasulullah. Only for Allah, this is sincerity. Say, only for the way of Rasulullah, where is the evidence? Did Muhammad tell us to have a special path on, on Ashura? I don't know. I have never, never heard a hadith like this. If you have any, tell me please. I never heard that he told us to give special sadaqah on that day. If anybody have a hadith of, of this, Jazakallah khair, let us know. Tell us. We, are, we don't know everything. We know very limited. Our knowledge is very limited, by the way. Whatever knowledge we have is very limited. All of us. All of us. Even scholars. What do they have? They have limited. But they are better than us, of course. But they are not having every ilm of Allah. They cannot know all the knowledge of Islam. This question. The part of the book? No, it, it was also said in the email that if you spend money generously on that day, then Allah will bless you with more money. Only that. Okay. What's the evidence? Yeah, no evidence. This question. Yeah. Just, just ask him the evidence. 
will be happy if there's an evidence, we'll do, yeah. We'll go and spend more money than usual. We'll do. We, as soon as we receive an evidence from Quran or Sunnah, we will be happy to do it. Yeah, those people who go to the grave, as an example, and ask them instead of Allah, if they have an evidence, let's tell them to us. We'll do it. <coughs> if there's an evidence to tell us that we have to go to the grave and ask them instead of Allah, although we know this is against Islam actually, but let's see, if they have an evidence, only evidence they are using which is far away from the case. As they say, Allah okay. We know that. Awliya Allah. First of all, prove this is awliya of Allah. Second, if you prove, prove that we, uh, to respect the need to go and worship them. There's no big, big difference in here. From respecting this pious person and between worshiping him and asking instead of Allah. So no evidence, no evidence. Not only emails, SMSs, these things. You will receive a lot of things, whether in the Ashura and others. You will receive a lot of these things. Don't listen to them unless they have evidences. Or if you want to also make da'wah to this person who sent it to you, send him an email saying, Jazakallah khair for your good intention, but tell me what is the evidence for this. I want to follow Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam in his way. Tell me how Muhammad sallallahu told us to spend money or to have a special shower or ghusl and so on. Yeah. I have one more question. Sure. Yeah. In the beginning, it also says that Rukia is only prohibited on uh, poison thing by poison hmm. or two conditions only. Hmm. That's the beginning. In Islam, you have to be careful. As we said, and we repeated always, do not take one hadith and say this is the only one. Because there are some other hadiths that Muhammad himself made Rukia and other things. And also the story when Khalid bin Walid, the other Sahaba, went for Ghazwa for fighting the enemies, and when they came back, they met some people who have their um, يعني, uh, leader was affected by scorpion, and they asked him to make Ruqya. And so many cases that he, they did it even different than just for, from the, from the uh, scorpions and other things. And you can do this for any sickness. Muhammad Sallam used to do this, and he, before he sleeps, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that's a hadith which is really he's doing usually, that if every time he wants to go to, to bed, before he sleeps, he makes his hand like this, and he starts to recite Ayatul Kursi, three times, three times, three times, and he spits. Then he makes all of, as much as he can of his body. This is Ruqya. And also we know that if you make Ruqya to the others, it's good. But the difference is we said that do not ask for it. But you are talking about it is only for these two cases? No. It is because there are other hadith which are telling us. So we don't depend on one hadith only. We take all the hadith talking about the case of Ruqya, then we gather them all, then we take out our understanding of them. Yes. Huh? Seven skies, huh? and one universe, or seven skies and seven universe? No, universe. Universe is one. Universe is one, but there are seven skies. How are these skies? We do not know much. That's the case that we have some kind of descriptions, but we cannot really say. And we cannot take whatever they say now just as granted. And what they say that they are discovered by these telescopes and so on. Okay, we say this is not bad. We can accept this, but we don't take it as granted. We know upon the words of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, the creator of earth and heavens, he told us that there are seven skies and seven And Muhammad also said the same thing. So we take this question. How are they? What, are they the same earth or different earths or they are levels of this earth? Allahu A'lam. We do not. But we believe in it. And this is, yani, always try not to dig 
for things that will, they have no action after. Yani somebody will say, okay, these cave men who went to Ahlul uh, when they went to the, the cave, uh, their dog was black or brown. So what if you know? What if you know that their dog was brown? Or their dog was, was black? What's the difference? Are you going to do anything behind that? Are you going to pray different salah? Or maybe, no. So these are, we don't need really to know. If Allah has told us, Alhamdulillah, as an example, yani the, the uh, Mufassirin told us that the messengers of Allah are 313 messengers. We know only few names, 25 names, which is mentioned in the Quran. That's it. What about the other? Because we do not have to know, and there's no effectiveness of knowing them or uh, not know them in our being. But we believe in them as well. We believe that there are messengers, we do not know their names. Alhamdulillah. So, some, in some cases, you don't have to dig for. In Quran and Sunnah. It's mentioned in Quran and Sunnah. خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ سَبْعَ سَمَاوَاتِ فِي يَوْمَيْنِ So on. So he's mentioned, subhanahu wa ta'ala, in the whole Quran. And mentioned in the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also. So we take them as they are mentioned. So go ahead, no problem. As long as you are capable of waiting. The jamaat is going on. Uh-huh. And the last row is full. Okay. And I'm the only person forming a new row. Mm-hmm. So should I pull another person? No. Row no. Pull, pulling is incorrect. Pulling is because when you pull, that means the row in front of you will be missing one. We don't go in there and listen to your friend. You know, that's uh, a joke happened, you know. <laughs> that's just a joke, you know. Happened. They say a guy came and the row was full, as our brother is saying here, and he pulled one guy to be with him. And he waited the people to come together, but they did not, so he went there and left the guy behind. <laughs> That's incorrect. And actually, we are not allowed to, draw, to pull someone from the rope. But what are we going to do? We, have, we should wait, especially if the Imam is still reciting some Quran, we'll wait for someone to come. If we know that someone is coming, then we can go and make salah. And if I know that someone is in the door, then I can go and make takbir, takbir al-ihram. If I can make people closer and closer and be in the same row, that's fine. Some scholars say if you can go to be in the right side of Imam, although it's not possible now because you see this mihrab will not allow you to do so. Otherwise you will make trouble to the Imam and his mihrab. So if you are praying in an open place and you can go to be beside the Imam, if you cannot be in the row, then that's fine. But usually, in these times, you know, a lot of people are coming to the masjid, so if you wait a few seconds or a few, a few minutes before the imam goes for ruku, then people will come, inshallah, and join you. But do not pull. Uh, alone also, you can say alone? Yeah, yeah. Because you are not completing the salah alone. Yani the hadith which is talking say that uh, the one who prays behind the, 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 the uh, alone and behind, the salah is incorrect or not accepted, it's correct hadith, but he's talking about completing the salah completely. But if you are waiting for someone to come, there's no problem, inshallah. You can start your salah, they are going to uh, join you, inshallah, in the same row. Yes, sir. What about pulling one from the No. Pulling is not allowed. Because you are, it means that you are hurting that Muslim to bring him from one row to the second row. Of course, we know in Islam that the first row is the best. Then the second row. As Muhammad told us in the hadith, خَيْرُ سُهُورِ الرِّجَالِ أَوَّلُهَا وَشَرُّهَا آخِرُهَا so if you bring him from the first row or the second row to the next row, that means you are decreasing his ajr. 
That's why we are supposed, and this is another case which is very important to this question. I, I know a lot of people, a lot of people, when they come, they pray behind there, waiting for Imam there. Why? We should really run for the first row as much as we can. We are supposed to do our best to be in the first row. If, if not, we go to the second row. But people, they go, when they come to the masjid, they pray there. And when the Imam comes, they come. Why? Why you are, why you do not want to be in the first Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is telling us that the best rows of the men are the first row. The first rows. And the worst rows of the men are the last. And the best rows of the women is the last. Ah, vice versa now. And the worst rows of the women is the front. Or the first. Because men and women should be far away from each other. So, why people go and pray there waiting for Imam and they lose the first, second, three rows? Why they are doing this? Uh, another point about rose also, and salah, people when they make sunnah, after salah especially, they should make sunnah behind a wall or something. Okay? Because people are move, uh, moving around. Some people are so uh, in hurry, they want to go home. I don't know why they so hurry, they are so late to come to salah, then as soon as you know, alaykum they go away out to the masjid. Why? Well, I don't know if they are having a lot of millions that are waiting for them to work on. It's the case that he runs away from the masjid and he gets beside the door for an hour. Ishhar. Strange things to do, you know. But shaitan is pushing them not to stay. While they are staying in the masjid, malaika is making salat on them. Making dua for them. Why to run away? But we will, subhanallah. So, in this case, when we want to make sunnah after salah, we should do it behind a wall or like this, you know, just to avoid that someone will come and break our salah or cut our salah. Cut our salah. Yes. What's that? Ah, that's okay. Ah. Thank you. Yes, that's a good point also. Some people, when they come to the masjid and they see the Imam is in the last, or in the tashahud, al akhir, last tashahud, should they? Join the Imam even though, or they should they have their own jama'ah? Should they start their jama'ah even if the Imam is in the tahiyyat, or should they wait? Good question here. Sheikh Mubarak Rahmatullah was saying that if you are coming and you know someone is also coming behind you, you know, you saw some people are making wudu, okay? And the Imam is in the last rak'ah for sure, last tashahud, for sure, then do not join the Imam. Wait until he makes salam, when the other people come, make another jama'ah. But if you are coming, and you are not sure that Imam is in the last tashahud, or you know that nobody is behind you coming, so you're going to lose both, so you join the Imam even though. Although you are not going to be counted as, have uh, got the uh, salat jama'ah also. But still you should do this, because you're not supposed to do it by yourself. But if you think that someone is coming, then you can wait for them. Yeah, of course, of course. Actually, just to 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 um, answer the call of Allah Taala, which is which is Adhan. The Sahaba, as soon as they hear Adhan, they just come. Some some of them they come before Adhan. Some Tabi'in, like Al Hasan Basri, he says forty years he never heard Adhan while he's outside of the masjid. Forty years, five salah every day. He never heard 
Adhan while he is outside of the masjid. Yani Adhan is done while he is already in the masjid. Lots of people, lots of examples, if you, if you really want to talk about examples, of those good people who have really loved to run to Salah, to go to Salah. They come as early as possible. Yani, I know some people now, don't tell me, okay, these are Sahaba and Tabi'ina, these are Christ places. No, no, I, have, I know some people now who make their watch or alarms before Adhan about 10 minutes for every Salah. <laughs> Ten minutes before the Adhan, the alarm will come. Directly he will go for wudu and he will go to the masjid. That means he has some eagerness to salah. Well, some people now, that Allah told us in his holy book, وَإِذَا قَامُوا إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ قَامُوا كُسَالًا Laziness. When it comes to salah, he hears Adhan, uh, and he took him salah, and he is gurgling, and he is talking about strange things and this. Then when it's iqama is there, he starts to, you know, slowly and yani, tiredly, he's making this and he's making guru, and he comes to the masjid, looking around, and he's losing one, two, three rak'ahs, no problem, it's all right, alhamdulillah, I, I go to the masjid. No, ya habibi, that does not, that, that is mentioned as a hypocrisy. Yes, minor hypocrisy, true, and he's not excluded from Islam because of it, true, but it is a hypocrisy. Allah described the hypocrites that when they come to Salah, they come with laziness. وَإِذَا قَامُوا إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ قَامُوا كُسَالًا Kaslan in Arabic means the one who is lazy. And if he wants to wake up, he wake up. In 10 minutes, he starts piece by piece until he goes up and stands still. إِشْهَرَ Because his heart is not pushing him. But if it was money, if it was food, if it was something he enjoys, football, cricket, oh, he will jump for it. Few seconds and he is in there. Why? Because he is, he is something he is lost. Like why, does he, why doesn't he love Salah also? Why, because he doesn't know what Salah is actually. If he knew that Salah means a connection with Allah. Salah in Arabic means Sila. Sila means a connection. Connection with who? With Allah Taala, the Creator of So if we think it this way, we will understand that this is something we have to rush for. As soon as we hear Adhan, or even before Adhan, because if you notice this, SubhanAllah, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala rewards his good mu'mineen quickly when a person comes for salah as soon as Adhan is there or before Adhan he comes to the masjid he makes tahiyyat al-masjid to rak'ah and Muhammad Hassan told us yani, I have not brothers especially those people who are yani, from Indian subcontinental they come to the masjid they don't make the tahiyyat al-masjid I don't know why but although there is a clear hadith in Bukhari Muhammad Hassan told us إذا دخل أحدكم المسجد فلا يجلس حتى يصلي ركعتين. Never sit down in the masjid before you make the rak'ah. Even if the time which is not allowed for salah, like after al-asr, you still cannot because this is a reason. Because these are the salah with reasons. Like salat al-janaza. Do you do salat al-janaza after al-asr? Yes, we do. No problem. Because do you do if you make tawaf after al-asr and before al-maghrib you finish tawaf? Do you do two rak'ah or you wait? You do two rak'ah after tawaf. So these are called reasoned. So coming to the masjid, there's a clear hadith Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam telling us, don't sit down, when you get into the masjid, don't sit down until you do, to, to do, make two rak'ahs. Now, come back to the case of salah. When he comes early and he makes two rak'ahs, and he sit down, and he says some Quran, or makes some dua, then salah, he comes to salah there. Ah, his heart is already now relaxed, his heart is already cleaned, he's far away from dunya. 
and he stands for salah happily, and he enjoys salah, hearing the Imam says in Quran, or he recites Quran for Duhr and Asr, you know, then he prays peacefully, then he says, Salaamu Alaikum, ah, there's something now is peaceful in here. But, if he is coming running to salah, he just finished his mangariya food, huh? or finished that, and he's still thinking of them, the smell of the food, or think of, think of the tea, he did not drink the tea, or his wife told him to do this, and he's too busy, خلاص, his mind, and he comes to Allah, can he make khushwa? Can he? He cannot. He cannot. So, we have to put this in mind that we are coming for connection with Allah. Salah. Salah with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we have to do our best to come early to join that. Jazakumullah. Yes. Can I ask? Sure. Also we see normally in offices when we form Jamaah. Suppose I join late. And I, I, I just joined the last Fatah. Hmm? And the Imam finishes his prayer. Now the person who was left just decide he becomes the Imam and he leads the prayer. Okay, fine. Yes, that's okay. That's okay. If you if you come to a jama'ah in the masjid or anywhere else, and Imam is already finished, and one or more than one is still doing some some of his salah, not finished yet, you can ask him to be Imam, and you can pray behind him. No problem. That's fine. That's one case. No problem. It's allowed in Islam. And the, the, the Fuqaha, rahimahumullah, they said, if you come and do this, it's no problem, inshallah, it will be correct. Hmm? Yeah, that, because that, that hadith is talking, the hadith who, who gave him to give him sadaqah. Because this came late. This guy came late, you know. No, this is a different case, this is a different case. He's, 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 now, both myself and my friend join a jama. Okay. Third rakat of Madrid. Uh-huh. And the Imam completes his prayer. Okay. So my friend who is on my left side, uh-huh. he will become Imam. Yes, if he wants. If he wants. Yes. And suppose if he doesn't want, he can't force him. Okay. If he wants to make to, to be Imam, and he makes the second rak'ah with Jahr Salah, Qiraat uh, Quran, fine, no problem. That's, that's good, and you become Jama'ah. If you complete Salah, that's also fine. If you complete each one. If someone comes and join you also, no problem. That's okay, inshallah. Your question differs in here. The case of you, if, uh, the hadith uh, Sheikh Antiyaz is mentioning is the case when the, one of the people came after Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam finished his salah, jama'ah. So Muhammad Sallallahu told his sahaba, who wants to make sadaqah on this person to join him in salah, to make jama'ah for him? Because that one was alone. Nobody comes. Nobody's coming. So he's alone. If he makes salah alone, he's not doing jama'ah. So Muhammad Sallallahu told his sahaba that the one who is going to pray with this person, he's making sadaqah for him. Charity for him. So that's another case that allowing the second jama'ah. Some people say no, second jama'ah is not allowed. There are some scholars who say so, but this hadith will clear to us that it is allowed to have second jama'ah in the masjid after finishing the first jama'ah. Now the other hadith which is talking about no two, no two groups, no two jama'ah in the same masjid means together. Yeah. Same time. There's a hadith to say it's not allowed to have two jama'ah in the same masjid. Some scholars thought that it means you cannot do two jama'at even at different times. No, it's only not allowed if there's these two jama'at at the same time. But if the first jama'at is finished, we have the other hadith of Muhammad Sallallahu telling us that who will make sadaqah for this person, that means he's making another jama'at. So it's allowed. That's why we say gather the hadith together. When you have a hadith about salat al-jama'at, bring all the hadiths talking about salat al-jama'at, then, then, then you can understand what's meant by this hadith. Otherwise we take it away. No two jama'at in the masjid, khalas, that means one jama'at, the rest of people will go home. If somebody come late, go home, pray at home. Pray at home, khalas. Or pray alone. Or pray alone.
That's not true. He depends on one hadith. No two jama'ah in one masjid. So he thinks that the first jama'ah is finished, no more jama'ah to be done. No, not true. Because he did not read the other hadith, which is telling that Muhammad is telling the, the, the other the sahaba to make charity on that person who came alone late so they can make jama'ah with him. So it's allowed to make another jama'ah. But this hadith, the first hadith, which is not allowing two jama'ah at the same time, means no to, in the same time. But not in the same message, no, in the same time. Muad ibn Jabal, yes. Yes, Muad ibn Jabal used to do this. He prays behind Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Al-Isha. Then he goes to his people, maybe some other uh, suburb of Medina, and uh, he leads them for salah because he's one of the best recyclers of Quran. Uh, so this is allowed. Allowed that the, um, a man who is making nafl, sunnah, to be leading the people who is making fart. That's the evidence. This evidence which is allowed by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Don't open the door for a case of uh, uh, questions on salah because we will not stop. But listen because you guys are going to ask. If you have any uh, questions about this topic, I will be happy to hear from you. Otherwise, we'll close inshallah tonight. Jazakumullah khair. Sorry? For five times he can pray. Tahit uh, masjid? Twenty times if you want. Whenever you come to the masjid, whenever you come to masjid, whether in the morning or the evening. And no, no, no. Don't connect. Don't connect this to the, the farm. Anytime you come to the masjid, just if you come at four o'clock in the evening, or the afternoon, you came to the masjid, you want to read the Quran. There's no salah there. No, no asr is already finished, Maghrib not here. You came in, don't sit down until you pray. So anytime you come to the masjid, do two rakats. Tahiyyat al Masjid. Jazakumullah khair. I think this is very important actually. I want to suggest to you this. Regarding the Tahiyyat al Masjid. I'm going for Fajr Salah. Okay? I go and perform Tahiyyat al Masjid. Two rakats. Is Masjid not a word in that advance? If your intention is okay, yes. If you have intention to. to actually, if you are doing the two. If you do, are doing the two rakats for Sunnah al Fajr, no need for Tahiyyat al Masjid. No need. You are not gathering now. Because Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told us not say, don't make tahiyyat al-masjid. He said two rak'ahs. لا يجزعنم حتى يصلي ركعتين. What are these two rak'ahs? Could be sunnah al-fajr. Okay? Could be sunnah al-duha. يعني, suppose if you came at eight or nine or ten o'clock in the morning to the masjid. Are you supposed to do tahiyyat al-masjid or you do two rak'ahs for sunnah al-duha? Do sunnah al-duha, خلاص. Because these are two rak'ahs. We'll go instead of the tahiyyat al-masjid, خلاص. So, no need for to, to combine. No, it is the case that you are doing something instead of something. خلاص, it's finished. And you are obeying Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Jazakumullah khair. Yes, yes, tahiyyat al-masjid, you make them quickly. Because Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he saw a man coming to the salah during his khutbah in Jumu'ah. And he told him, make it quickly. Make it quickly. Jazakumullah khair.